Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. I'm your host, Joe Meyer. Thank you for being here with me once again as we kick off another episode. It's been a couple weeks. And um, normally, you know, sometimes there are times where I'm just, I get busy. I have other, you know, things going on. Sometimes I just feel tired. Sometimes I just feel like not talking, you know. And last week it was a special week because um, it was my 12-year anniversary. 12 years. And an amazing accomplishment in my view. Very thankful to my wife, who I love. And looking back, even over the course of 12 years, 10 years, how different I am today than I was back then. And I certainly try to acknowledge how important she is to me because sometimes I don't tell her all the time. I'm, I'm feeling a little somber today. I don't know why. As of late, I've been under a great deal of stress for work. Um, financial matters, things going on. And I don't know, in all honesty, I don't know why, but my thoughts have been a little dark, you know, and it's not anything to worry about or be concerned about or, you know, uh, I'm, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that I carry around with me every day. Some days are good, some days are bad, right? For, for any of you out there who've ever suffered through a form of depression, anxieties, bipolar, you know it never goes away. You could take all the medication in the world, and yes, it helps, but the symptoms, how you feel, never go away. Because, sadly there is something inherently broken inside of us. And yes, we do everything in our power to try to fix it, to try to feel better. But ultimately, it's not always possible. Right? It's not always possible. Um, I exercise almost every day. If you were to look at my life, you would say, well, I have nothing to complain about. I have a roof over my head. I have clothes on my back. I have food in my stomach. Some money in my bank account. (laughs) I shouldn't be complaining. There are others out there who are going through much worse, Joseph. And, And I know we do that as people sometimes, right? We say, well, thank goodness I'm not like that person. Thank goodness I'm not going through those hardships, those difficulties. Thank goodness I'm not suffering through cancer or brokenness or a loss of a a person or a child or a family member or a spouse. I'm not going through that. Thank goodness. Um, And I am thankful that I'm not going through those things right now. 
But we go through our own struggles that we amplify to our level in the sense of that uh, they're big to us. And they're big to us because they're the things that affect our life daily. Now, somebody may look out and say, yeah, what are you complaining about? What are you crying about? Right? What are you crying about? Right? Let me let me start off here with the song like I've always done to get started. Um, and we'll go from there. This song is very special to me and my wife, but let me let me play it for you guys. So what's the significance of that song? A little story that many of you may not know about, and I like to say it, is that this is a song that when I first met my wife, okay, and we were struggling in a relationship at the beginning because it was very new for both of us. I was actually 
a year out of having just almost committed my life, meaning taking it. And so at that point, I was broken. But when I met my wife, I was rebuilding, right? Or future wife, right? She was, she showed me kindness and love, compassion, like no one else had shown me before. I love my wife, but thinking back now, I'm a little resentful in the fact that um, when I was working so hard to meet that perfect person, which I know they don't exist, I was always rejected. I really was. I was really rejected all the time. I, I believe a lot of that had to do with maybe my confidence, a part of it had to do with my weight. Um, there was really different reasons, right? But it hurt me. It affected me mentally. It scarred me for many years. And I still think about it today. Not that I regret marriage to my wife or my family. I don't. I love them. But I think about the pain and heartache that I suffered, especially in my 20s and early 30s, of trying to meet somebody. And I was constantly rejected. Right? Constantly. It's unfortunate, right? I like to tell my wife um, that God reserved me for her, right? And he put me aside for her specifically, right? I like to think that, uh, you know, the only thing is in my early 20s, I, I regret that I, I didn't meet more people, didn't have more relationships. I think that would have helped me build up my confidence. Um, but it just didn't work out that way, right? Um, it didn't. It really damaged me because I was seeking a person to love me, to care for me, to be there for me because I was really in before I met my wife I was really alone all the time I really was and I didn't like being alone I actually don't like being alone although and I'm in I'm an introvert I'm alone a lot it actually does something to me mentally Oftentimes at work, I'm trying to reach out to people just to talk to them. Say, hey, how you doing? How's it going? I know we're busy. Virtually, it's so different. And there are a lot of kind people at work that reach out, that treat me kindly, that talk to me. And, and I just mostly talk about work. I don't bring a lot of my personal life into the workplace. I used to do that, but I don't do that anymore, right? Because I, I've grown to see that they don't care. You know, they don't care about my personal life. You know, they really don't. But, but you know, I still want to reach out to people. I still want to build friendships and have colleagues, right? I really do.
And but remembering those times, and I met my wife in two thousand eight through a coworker, a new coworker, by the way, who had just you know, in a matter of a couple months of meeting this person, I won't mention their name. They introduced me to my future wife. My wife, um, who probably doesn't like me saying this, she's an uh, um, immigrant from El Salvador. You know, she's living in this country, working hard. Um, but really, she, ha she had no status or anything in the sense of, you know, she worked for a family. She was a, a housekeeper, you know, dog walker, you know, whatever for, for rich people and, and, you know, so that was her role, you know. My wife has struggled to make it in this country. And even today, she struggles. Because she's often discriminated against. Because of her ethnicity, because she's Hispanic, Latino, whatever you want to call it. And it does hurt me to see that. And I'm sorry, I know we pride ourselves in a country that we are very tolerant to people where, oh, and people will say, well, I'm not a racist, you know, but in generally, many people are, even though they're not full on racist, they still feel that people are less, that they're less than them almost less human in a way. And we kind of see it today in this country with migrants from different countries. It, there's almost like a, a specific, like a hate for those people. When the, when many of those people have nothing to do with your life. You know, the, the, the most they're going to have to do with your life is probably cut your grass one day, I'm sorry to say. And that, I'm not saying that because that's all they do for people. That's all they're good for. They're just good for picking our crops. and No, they're good for... A lot of other things like many of us can do. But there are obviously people that don't have the status to do things like many of us who are born in this country. The same if we were to go to their country. We don't have that status. right? We can't just go there and get a job that easily. But, you know, we are the land of opportunity. We are the land of freedom. We are the land that people can feel safe in. And that's a good thing. And it's infuriating to think that, you know, that we we, we want to stop people. Well, well, you know, you, 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 you can come here, but you need to have your papers first. You need to have your visa or passport or the ability to come here legally. Don't, don't cross our borders. That's not me talking, you guys. I don't think that. Um... People who cross the borders take great risks to come here. Oftentimes they're abused or even killed. And you may say, many of you may say, well, that, that's what they, that, that's the choice they made. That's the choice they made. Nobody chooses to get raped, to get murdered, to get abused, to try to get to, to, get to a better life, right? That's the problem here in this country. Is many of us who live here and born here, we, we don't know what it's like to go to another country and try to survive. We don't know. We'll never know, probably. Never. 
But yet people complain and bitch about that all the time. Americans, right? Well, I'm, you know, you're making me pay for, you know, my tax dollar. Yeah, what are our tax dollars going for? Are, are we solving homelessness in this country? No, it's actually gotten worse. We're one of the wealthiest countries in this world, people. And we can't even help the homeless. We can't even help the veterans. We can't even solve uh, the health care crisis. We, we, and, and yeah, we say we have a climate crisis here. We can't even help major things in our in our economy in our world that other co- countries have a grasp on like canada you know yeah yeah you may say well they have to pay more taxes yeah but it's used properly i, I heard that canada has one of the best healthcare systems in the world i don't know if that's true or not there are other countries that you can go to to get you know uh, you know here you you it's almost like you're you're you you're signing your life away basically in other countries that's not the case right right oh but but they're they're, they're those countries are like socialists and other countries like that you know they they could do those kind of things well you know i get it we're we're a capitalist here right well, at least we um at least that's what we call ourselves right but but we're we're a country of greed. We're a country of racism. We're a country of hate, and and whoever says we're not is lying to themselves and to you. I'm sorry, and I know this message is a little political today. I don't know what's into me, um, but let me get back to what I was saying. Right, you know, going back to what I was saying about my wife, who I met, who really saved me. And at first, for the first few years, it was rocky because it was new, it was scary. We broke up once or twice, I believe, and that was on me. And I got a lot of pushback from people in my life about being with my wife because she is a little older than me, right? And it was very painful. Even my godparents, well, they're not really, they're my godparents because back in 90, or middle, mid-90s, my mother made them my godparents because I was going through Catholicism and all that and she wanted to be nice. And, And don't get me wrong, they're nice people. I don't have a relationship with them anymore. They're not around. They don't call me. It's fine. I'm not offended. They have their own lives. But they were one of the ones that were important people where I used to go visit them and spend time with them. And they were one of those individuals that used to always, when I first met Delia, try to persuade me to not be with sir, you know. So that was painful. Um, But again, we push forward. The friend 
that was once in our life that introduced us is no longer in our lives since December of 2015, which is around, which is when my mother passed. But there were problems even before that, right? I take a deep breath because I think uh, I think about my life and as a husband and a father and this is the negative side of me speaking. I feel like I'm not a good father. I feel like I'm not a good husband. I try to be a good provider and we do okay. But I feel like I'm always on the edge, right? Always on the edge. Always on the edge of losing things in my life, right? And it gets dark because there are times where I just feel like and this is hard to say that what if I just wasn't around anymore? Not that I'm doing anything or going to do anything, but what if I just wasn't in their life? Would it devastate them? Probably at first, yes. Would it change them forever? Yes, it would. It would I think it would change a lot of people. After in 2007 when I attempted my life or take my life, my sister changed. She was devastated. She was there when she saw it. She was there to help save me. Right? But let me play this next song here, you guys. I don't know. I may make this a shorter talk, but let me just play this song. It's something that's get, wanting me to play it.
you're a Nickelback fan, I am. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I Nickelback is one of those artists that I grew up with in the early 2000s. I mean, they're still around today, obviously. I don't, I don't have like their new songs or their new CDs. These are the songs that keep me going. This one's called Saving Me. So this one, looking at some of the lyrics, is as prison gates won't open up for me. On these hands and knees I'm crawling. Oh, I reach for you and I'm terrified of these four walls. These iron balls, bars can't hold my soul in. And all I need is you. Please, come please, I'm calling. And oh, I scream for you. Hurry, I'm falling, I'm falling. Show me what it's like to be the last one standing and teach me wrong from right. And I'll show you what I can be. Say it to me, say it to me. And I'll leave this life behind me. Say it if it's worth saving me. Heaven's gates won't open up for me. I like the video um, because it, it has, a, I believe, kind of has, a, it, you know, and I have to, I have to remember that, what that video is about. Yeah, and uh, the video actually, um, I think it takes place in like the city and there's these people with like numbers above them, you know, above their heads, like uh, as if they're going to die. You know, it's like a countdown, right? It's like a countdown. And there's this gentleman who saves this person from getting hit by a bus and, um, you know, And the, the, the stranger pulls somebody out and then he looks around and the guy's not there anymore, right? Why, 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 do the, why is this song so important to me sometimes? Because my wife saved me. I honestly feel like if she hadn't come along and I continue to be on the path of being alone, probably would have ended my life again. Now, I like to think that partly the reason why, partly the reason why I wanted to take my life is not by my own will, but because of the house I was living in at the time, I really truly believed there was a some form of entity or demon I was living with that really tried to take my life, right? And almost succeeded. If I had taken another way of doing it, I probably would have succeeded, meaning pills or a gun or just went off somewhere and tried to end my life. It probably would have, I probably would have succeeded, but I was at home and it just so happens that my sister had come home that afternoon and it was right after a job interview. And... I know I don't really like to talk about this too often because 
but it was a doctor job interview and it was just I it's just a day I, I try to forget, right? But anyways, my wife saved me. She gave me hope again. That I'm not ugly, that I'm not fat, that I'm not worthless. And, and you know, I, I know like we live in the world that says, well, you know, you're not. You don't think that. You have value. But you know what the problem is in this world, in this country? That people say it, but they just don't believe it. Right? They don't believe it. Even I tell people this, but I, in my heart of hearts, I believe that people have value in this world. That their lives are not worthless. That we all have something to contribute. But you know what the problem is here? The problem is that we go to a company who says the same thing, but they they have those are just words. They don't back it up with anything, right? Oh, you're you're a value to this organization. We care about you. But you know, the minute things get tough, they cut you, which you know, hey, what can we do? It's just business, right? But it's a personal business that affects us all because we lose hope at that point. But it's not everybody does. Some people move on. Some people say, you know what? It's just a job. I'll get another one. Some people are like, um, I can't get another one because I'm in my 50s. I am not. Or my 60s. And it's not that easy to get a job at this age. You know, Unfortunately, we live in a country of ageism, right? Where the minute you need a job past 40, they look at you quite differently. And they're like, oh, he's, this person's too old for us. You know? It forces people to stay at jobs for longer periods than they want to be. It's almost like modern day slavery in a way. Right? We're forced to stay at a job. And some of you may say, well, you're never forced to stay anywhere. Um, you're kind of forced because if another company won't hire you or it takes a long time to hire you, it puts you financially at great risk. It puts your mental health at great risk. It puts your physical health at great risk. It does a lot of things to you, right? So, again, that's why I think about these thoughts about my life, marriage, my family. I think about not necessarily ending my life, but I think about the, the fact that I look at, I hear stories about men and women who have families who just end it and leave behind a daughter, a son, a wife, a people that love them. And I get it that even money doesn't take away that pain. And sometimes I think that, like, oh, well, well, you know, if I was not here in this world anymore, my family would be taken care of or they would should be okay financially, right? But I won't be here anymore, right? And that's painful. That is really painful to think about. Life is just a, a blink of an eye. 
I think about people I've lost in the past, like an aunt who in 2007 or six, she was only 46, I think, you know, died of, I think, celitosis or I forget what it's called. It's an infection, basically. My mom passed away at 56. My grandmother passed away at 55 on my mother's side. My father's mother, grandmother, passed away in their 80s, I believe, or 70s, late 70s or 80s. So. So just things, right? I'm thankful I get to spend every day with my wife and daughter. I get to spend a new year, but I, it's hard. It's difficult. My mind is not like it once was. And depression comes back and worries come back and anxieties come back. And, and as much as I like to, well, you know, have to believe what the Bible says, and I do, okay, and Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Why should we worry about tomorrow, right? Worry about today. Do, do the birds worry about how they're going to be fed? No. Then why do you worry? Do, 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 why do you worry if you're going to be clothed? Because we want to go through life clothed. We want to go through life fed. We want to go through life having a good existence, not struggling, not fighting. And I feel like I'm fighting sometimes. I really do. I really do. Let me play this last song here. Now, this one's kind of out of the ordinary here, but I was listening to this on uh, the radio the other day, Sirius XM, and for you know, it really got me thinking. Right, so let me let me just play it here. A lot of uh, sharks out there trying to take a bite of something. Was hot. A lot of chameleons out there trying to change up anytime something new comes along. Everybody wants a bite. Don't happen overnight. So you want to be a rock superstar and live large, big house, five cars, you're in charge. Coming up in the world, don't trust nobody, gotta look over your shoulder. I remember the days when I was a young kid growing up, looking in the mirror, dreaming about growing up to rock. Some of your peers and losing some of yourself through the years. 
people see rock star, you know what I'm saying? But you still trying to get out and work like like everybody else, you know. You know, it, it's a fun job, but it's still a job. You know? Save your money, man. Save your money too. It's single don't last very long. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've been lucky in this game too. There's gonna be another cat coming out looking like me, sounding like me next year. I know this. It'll be a flip side to what you did. Somebody else trying to spin off like some you know, series. You ever have big dreams of making big cream? Big shot, heavy hitter on the making. You want to look trendy in the Bentley. Be a star band, never act friendly. You want to have big fame? Let me explain what happens to these stars in their big brains. First, they get played like all damn day. Long as you sell, everything will be okay. Then you get this by the media fans. Things never stay the same way they I was thinking about this song, and I, I, it's been a long time, you know, I was like listening to that, and it was incredible, because I was like, I heard that in the early 2000s, and then you was playing, I was like, I remember this song by Cypress Hill, right, and um, just kind of a, a good message in the sense, not like, well, you want to be a rock star, but you want to be rich, you want to be this, but you really don't know what it's like until you're there. How how people do everything and anything almost to get there, right? Um, really, right? And it's amazing because we always like to think, well, the grass is greener on the other side, right? Not always. Not always. It's not always we it's not always brighter on the other side, greener on the other side. Right? A lot of times these talks are my therapy to get out what I'm feeling, what's on my mind. Um I have my um, my writing, I have my um, blogs, I have this, I have my YouTube channel um, that I, I use in many different ways as forms of therapy to help me. And, you know, with YouTube, I, I certainly, when I record a video and I'm talking about things, I certainly want to look happy. <laughs> Although, you know, because sometimes my wife sees it. And because it, it pops up on her channel or something. And uh, she listens to me talk sometimes. I'm like, do not listen to me, please. And I jokingly say that. I love my wife. But she she gets freaked out because she's like, oh, Joseph, why are you saying all these things about her family? And, and you know, you, I'm like, nobody's listening. You know, I don't, I don't have millions of followers, right? Maybe one day I will. Who knows, right? Um. Who knows, right? But anyways, I'm thankful that you guys are here, right? 
I really am. You're my therapy. You listen for whoever's out there. This is my recording, my legacy for my daughter to know who I am, that I'm, I'm a man, I'm a person, I have faults, I'm imperfect, and I don't expect to be perfect, and I don't expect her to be perfect, although she tries. I'm proud of her. Even at nine years old, I'm proud of her. I know I give her a hard time at times to do better in school, not miss school because sometimes she wants she doesn't want to go to school and it's not because um, she you know she's getting bullied or anything like that. Maybe she struggles. Maybe there's certain things that she has a hard time in. But I don't know. She doesn't talk about it. I don't like to press her too hard because then she gets angry. And and sometimes I, I just, you know, I don't think anything is necessarily wrong, you know. But there are certain subjects that she's not strong at and she has a difficulty in like math, like her old dad here. Other things like reading and writing, she does excel at. You know, she does better at. And I'm proud of her no matter what. I'm proud of my wife, who I love. And I know she struggles to to, to um, do better and feels like the things she does, like go to work or because she works in the food industry, is not good enough. But it is. I just want her to be happy. I want her to feel content. And it's hard because I know she's not always content with the kind of work she does. All right. But no matter what, I love my wife. I look forward to many, many years to come of marriage, of love. But there are times, I'm sorry, I feel like she could do better than me. Now, if I was anything was ever to happen to me, I, I know she wouldn't go looking for other people or other men. But if she did, a uh, father figure, a husband, I wouldn't blame her. She always tells me, in a loving way that if I'm never here anymore, I want you to go find somebody. Go find love. Somebody you could spend your life with. And I'm like, yeah, my daughter will never let me do that. <laughs> she won't. My, my daughter's loving but yet jealous. I'm hers. I, she doesn't want to share, her, share anybody with me. She doesn't even like to share her with her mom sometimes. <laughs> you know? But that's in a loving way. But anyways, you know, you guys, I wanted to take this time to get that out there. Say happy anniversary, happy 12 years to my wife who I love. Um, thank you for your love, your compassion, 
your patience with me, seeing me change over the years, some good, some bad changes. But I will continue to fight for us, to love us, to keep moving forward on us, for us. Thank you. And thank you for listening to me. You know what? Let me um, let me see if I can have a devotional here. I know I haven't read one of those in a while, but let me see. We are October 8th, right? Already imagine October 8th. Greater and lesser lights. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Matthew 5.14 Most lights get their power from another source. A fire is light in the fireplace with a match. An ancient oil lamp was set alight by a flame from another source. A modern lamp gets its power from its electric current. The Bible says there are two sources of spiritual light in the world. The greater... Um, the greater living light <coughs> to the lesser. In one of his I am statements, Jesus said he has a, he was the light of the world. So Jesus is the light of the world, but he also told his disciples, you are the light of the world. In fact, he compared us to a lamp that is given light by another source. Jesus is the greater light and his followers of him. We are the lesser lights. We have light in us because we, he lives in us. He, we have light <coughs> to offer the world when we allow his light, the light of his glory and grace, to shine through us and push back the darkness. Like a lamp that needs to be lit each night, make sure you connect with your spiritual light source every morning so that he, so that his light will shine through you to the world. Right? All right. So, thank you for being here with me, as always. It's always a pleasure. And I just want to wish all of you a great weekend. Blessings, good health, peace. And until next time, just another talk with just Joe Meyer. Take care.